Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It is Friday, Friday the 31st of October, coming to you from Sydney, Australia, downtown Sydney, Australia. We're in an exciting brand new office. I'm looking out over the um, downtown Sydney, and I have to say that Sydney just really, it's been absolutely glorious. We're famous for our excellent weather, and it has not let us down. About 25 degrees Celsius, I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit, but coming to you from a beautiful Friday here in Sydney, Australia. You're listening to episode 49 of the It's a Monkey podcast. We talk everything about tech, social media, how technology affects your life, um, tech stocks, you name it. Um, please subscribe on iTunes. Please uh, email us at uh, podcast.itsamonkey.com and you can subscribe so that you get an email every time we, we publish the pro- podcast. It uh, gets published about every, or it does get published at the moment, every two weeks. We are quite religious about it and we work really hard to get it out to you every two weeks. And um, please send us some feedback. We love to receive feedback. We got feedback um, from uh, a managed Flutter user actually. Um, from Will Norman, who said uh, he listens to the podcast while using Manage Flutter. And uh, my name is Kevin. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Manage Flutter. Um, and we flip around our co-hosts a little bit. Usually it's James Peter, who's the CTO and general genius. But uh, today with me, I have Chelsea Plowright, who used to be the community manager at Manage Flutter and still does a few bits and pieces, but um, is uh, more recently um, was promoted to... Um, head up a senior role in the digital agency side of things over here we have two sister companies a digital agency and uh, manage flitter so chelsea is uh working more on that side and she's joining us on episode 49 of the podcast thanks kevin thanks for having me on the podcast again we're having a the, the americans must be going nuts with um the, the accents I was all the accents say, flying around they must love my kiwi accent well, I think they're just confused because my accent's a Afro-Australian accent. Yours, African. <laughs> your your accent is a, a a Kiwi Aussie accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know the the poor Americans are just uh, you know which um, if, you know, we have a lot of um, you know people that listen to the show that are based in the U.S. So, and uh, we love the U.S. of course. Um, Sydney and New York, my two favorite cities in the world. You know what, looking out into our new office space, um, it does look, it reminds me a little bit of New York. It's a similar sort of urban, urban, sunny, um, you know, it's nice. I I, I loved um, spending our time in New York. It was good fun. Yeah, fantastic city, New York. Of course, their weather's not as simple as ours. It's not always sunny and lovely in New York. I got an email from a friend in New York and she said, um, everything's good, Kev, but winter is about to slap us across Ooh, the face. So they had a pretty nasty one last year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were there, um, you know, you and I with a couple of the team in May, yeah, a lot of people I spoke to unsolicited said to me, wow, that was a hard winter. That was a hard winter. So we, we're very blessed in Sydney. Um, anyway, it is Friday, the 31st of October, nearly November. Can you believe it? Time flies. I wish we could just learn how to just... just get control over this thing called time and just you know what it's speed called? it up and slow it down mindfulness <laughs> oh okay <laughs> ever heard of Eckhart Tolle of course of course uh, welcome to the now this is all you have the now um, we have a fantastic show lined up for you today as usual we're going to talk about news every and you know Chelsea every day I'm reading an article and it's just like oh it's be great to talk there's so much news happening mm. you know Twitter Facebook Apple and you know acquisition startup stuff it's it's I would love to as I've said to you before I would love to have a daily show where we go right let's you know the, the news for this week there's so much relevant bits and pieces and um, it's hard for people to stay across it. It's hard for us to stay across it. But, um, you know, people that aren't in the industry, it's more relevant than ever. You know what we should do? We should have a podcast called The Morning Commute. And it would be published just before The Morning Commute. So people would religiously uh, listen to it every morning. The Morning Commute in which city? Hmm. It's a good one. I mean, ideally what we could do is... I could move to New York and you could stay here and then we could alternate between, you know, New York and Sydney. Yeah, but what about that Hawaii office we spoke about? <laughs> or I spoke about, I should say. Actually, you know, Hawaii, the, the I've spent a bit of time on Big Island at um, retreats, etc. And they're having a, a slow-moving natural disaster at the moment with um, the lava from the 
the volcano, the active volcano, heading to the little location where this great retreat center is and um, cutting off the main highway and people have to move out of their homes. And it's, um, yeah, so, so, you know, shout out to if anyone's listening on Big Island, particular or Hawaii, um, the particularly Big Island, yeah, it's, um, you know, lava's, nothing stops for the lava. No, I was going to say that's a natural disaster you most definitely cannot avoid. Yeah, so... Um, Anyway, we, we're bantering a little bit, but let's get straight into it. So much happening, Chelsea. Of course, we forgot to mention a great interview coming up that you did um, with Lauren um, Silver, mm-hmm. um, who's the CEO and founder of Glamazon, which is a fantastic app that helps people um, book appointments at salons. So basically, you get access to the diaries of all your local salons. And you can just search in the different areas and you can book it in just from your phone without emailing, without calling. You just lock it in. And is the payment tied in there as well yet? So you simply punch in your credit card details and um, you can, within a click of a button, you can book and pay for an appointment. Um, Sort of like an Uber for beauty, but you still, you go there. They they don't come to you. And I think the the best part about Glamazon is you have open access to the salon's diaries. I mean, um, one of the main uh, issues that I've come across as a female and wanting to get my hair done, which isn't very often, but when I do, it's nice. I just never know if, you know, the weekends are available and nine times out of the 10, they're completely booked out. So it just takes that extra step out. Um, and you can you can definitely plan ahead with, with Glamazon. Tell you a bugbear of mine, right? And this is where we have moved so far in technology. Um, I go for dental checkups every now and then. I've got a great dentist, sort of super qualified guy, lovely practice. They also, but they only phone to confirm appointments and to reschedule and drives me bonkers. Is it just related to your dentist or is... Yeah, look, I don't know how other dentists manage their practice, but even if they could just text or have an mm. app or, or a calendar or self-manage... But, um, you know, I have to, hi, how are you, Kevin? And, yeah. and great, like there's no, it's, it's just a time efficiency thing. For me, the phone should only be used for social occasions or special meetings. But for these little administrative tasks, it is a not the ideal tool. Absolutely. In fact, for I, them was, as well. I, was at, I was with a specialist yesterday and he said to me, now, do you want to come in to receive your results or should I just email you? And I said, ah. Oh email me and I said is that legal he goes yeah it's so fantastic in Australia as a specialist you can now email results for um you know test if it's obviously something that's going to be um of relative concern um and needs to be discussed in 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 person it's um appropriate that you do book in but for it's just a routine or checkup he said I can email you it's um yeah, so you know when they say, oh, um, we can't email you the results, you know, <laughs> you know you're in Just trouble. email me. No, 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 come in, yeah. come right in. <laughs> yeah, um, actually there's, you know, I watch very, very little TV, but on the odd occasion, it's late at night and I'm just making myself some dinner, switch it on. And the other night, I, there was some reality show about some um, sexual health clinic in the UK. Oh, this would be Unusual Bodies. No, it, no, it was actually a sexual health clinic. Right. And they f- they follow the, the people that go into the clinic and get tests. And, and they openly identify themselves yeah, on the show. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and there's a young person who's just being, like there's all these different case, case studies or use cases, as we say, and whoa, it was definitely uh, eye-opening. Um, anyway, we digress madly. So we, we got a um, great interview with Lauren Silver coming up. Um, is it silver or silvers? Um, oh, that's a very good question. I should have asked her that. I believe it is silver. I think silver. it's silver. Um, and we'll be talking to her later on in the show. But let's start off with some um, um, news this week. Of course, it's it's earnings season in the US, which means it's a time where all these, these listed stocks um, start re- um, releasing their results um, about their quarterly earnings and their details and and um, and of course they've all released their results now of course um, the big big kahuna on the block is always Facebook and we talk a lot about Facebook we also talk a lot about Twitter and a lot about Google um, but Facebook is is really interesting because obviously the impact it's made on our lives and even though it comes from a massive base it just keeps on growing it is just incredible so they released all their results and their user numbers etc um and let's let's just talk through some some uh, some of the numbers so third third quarter on earn- third quarter earnings so this is the the penultimate 
Um, I don't know if Americans use the word penultimate, but anyway, the second last quarter of the year, um, 135, sorry, 1.35 billion monthly active users. Poor. So those those are those are monthly actives, right? Those those are so uh, and active users are the important number. 3.2 billion in revenue in a quarter, right? So they're tracking to, to turn over over 12 billion in in a year. This is um, big big That's numbers. A lot of coin. Um, 800 million in profit. Profit's always good, um, but the real interesting number is get this the, the number of daily active users 864 million daily active users now of course that's a very important number because facebook's business model is ads and the more people logging mm. in every day and engaging the more mm. ads they can sell and it's a volume play and everyone says i've never clicked on an ad i don't know anyone that's clicked on an ad guess what they've just made 3.2 billion dollars on people on the 0.001 percent whatever the metric is the conversion is but when you've got 864 million people a day, you need a tiny percentage. Mm. And this is why these companies love the ad models. We're quite critical of the ad models because it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's antagonistic in the sense of it turns the user into the, the, the product and the advertiser into the customer. So that becomes a bit of a conflict of interest. But in terms of these companies, they, it's attractive to them because once they have these numbers, boy, does it scale beautifully. I mean, I've... Uh, like th these numbers, I mean, uh, does that include just the Facebook app or is it now that they've this taken the messaging off the Facebook app and they've made that um, an entirely separate ad? So I would app? imagine this is this is everything. So yeah. when they say um, 864 million daily active users, I would imagine this is anyone, any, any unique person with that has Facebook. engaged with the app. So it's where they sent a message, logged in, checked their timeline, etc. Um, interesting as well. Also to see that Twitter, over this quarter, Twitter added 13 million monthly active users. And Twitter's only sitting on their monthly active of 284 million. So that's versus Facebook's 1.35 billion and Twitter's wow. 284 million. Mm. So that's, that's, you're looking that's at, difference. you're looking at, um, y you know, like, like a really order of magnitude difference mm. between the two. Um, Facebook added about 30 million active users in the quarter and Twitter only added 13 million. So Facebook added double what Twitter. So Twitter's really, I mean, as you know, we've we've built a product on Twitter. I've always said I love Twitter, um, but Twitter, are, are, they're struggling to find the scale that Facebook's have. But we've got to remember that 284 million active users, monthly active, is still a it's huge still number. Still quite a lot of people. I mean, we don't even have 3 million users yet, and we you know, built a business and proud of it, and it's been really tough, and we've yeah. got 2.6 million. I mean, it's difficult to throw stones, isn't it? Because um, that it, that's a huge figure. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's certainly... It's certainly um, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think the scale, Facebook's just set the bar very, very high. <laughs> um, interesting read Twitter, um, CEO Dick Costello, um, he made a comment after their earnings. CEO D D Dick Costello said Monday that the social network must increase its overall pace of execution in introducing new features that make the site more understandable to lay people. But unless they're willing to rethink the surface, and this is the journalist then saying, but unless they're willing to rethink the service from the ground up, it's not clear any amount of tinkering will allow Twitter to achieve its stated goal, building the largest daily audience in the world. So mm. Twitter many years ago said they wanted to hit 1 billion users and uh, they obviously have fallen far short. The Twitter people, the Twitter team are very, very smart bunch of people. I mm. think they're going to get there. They might, um, you know, iterate. I think they may have to rework um, the user experience or the UI just to make it a little bit uh, easier for onboarding. It can be quite overwhelming sometimes when you first jump on to, to Twitter to, to really understand what's involved and um, how to navigate Twitter. And to just, yeah, they, they're in a niche and they, they're struggling to break out into the mainstream. A lot of people have heard of it, still don't really know what it is or why they should use it, whereas mm -hmm. Facebook just cracked mm -hmm. that wide open. They've Yeah, they've, they've really communicated the direct benefits of Facebook and that's, um, that's connecting with your, your network and your, your friends and family. Yeah, I still I still love Twitter more. Twitter Twitter's still my favorite social media network and um, 
the other interesting metric that came out of all these earnings annou announcements was the WhatsApp numbers. Now, of course, Facebook bought WhatsApp. It mm. was allegedly to be around 20 billion or so, but the official numbers have actually um, have actually come out. So some really interesting WhatsApp stats came out of uh, the numbers in this uh, these quarterly um, sort of um, financials. Um, so what came out firstly, the ultimate purchase price was $22 billion, a really nice chunk of change for uh, the founders and investors of that app. But what was more interesting was actually no one was really sure what um, WhatsApp was earning, their revenue. And actually their revenue in 2013 was only $10 million, which uh, for a purchase of $22 billion, It's not it a lot, is it? Well, it's not a lot of revenue, but mm. what, what um, Facebook essentially are paying for is their user base. So essentially, Facebook bought mm. 600 million active users. True. Understood. And they were growing at a massive, I mean, last time I heard WhatsApp was adding a million users a day. Whoa, really? A day. I don't know what they're at now. Um, in 2012, WhatsApp only turned over 3 billion users. Now, of course, WhatsApp's model is, I think it's the first year is free and the next year is $1. Really? Because yeah. I haven't been charged on my app, yeah. but maybe I haven't reached that point where um, it's time to cough up the money. I think it's also location-based. I don't know if they're charging out of the US, or but yeah, mo a lot of people are on the free one. So that's the, um, that's the WhatsApp. So you can see that Facebook essentially didn't really pay for that revenue stream. At the moment, $10 million for Facebook is probably not worth them engaging lawyers to buy the business. Mm. It's really that, that, that scale of company. But 600 million users, um, for them is useful and they haven't even started monetizing WhatsApp or Instagram so uh, you know interesting times ahead for Facebook that's why we love talking about it so much and you know what was really interesting Chelsea was um, did you see that interview um, that Mark Zuckerberg did in Mandarin in, in Mandarin yeah no. in China Amazing. His, his wife is Chinese though isn't, yep. isn't she so did he know Chinese before? No, he's been learning it, and it's his first interview that he did in Mandarin, and it's incredible. He sat there um, for half an hour, no translator, no special treatment, and there was an interview in Mandarin. And wow. he's sort of so. I congratulate him. That's yeah. a very, very difficult language to learn. Yep, a lot of these languages that aren't the sort of Romance Latin based languages, if you speak English, or, I mean, even those languages are, easy, are hard to learn if you want mm. to start Spanish or French, but go that way i mean i've started learning japanese boy oh boy you know one word though um i know a few i know i know I'm putting about you on six. the spot here come on i know about a six but my aim is or i'm scared to put it on the line but my aim is to you know in two years if i can do a an interview in japanese uh, but i don't know you know that he's obviously dedicated a massive amount of time but it just goes to show the type of person mm. that he is you know and mm. internally here we've got a philosophy of keep it moving and that's both physically to to not be sedentary but also just philosophically to keep stretching yourself and Mark Zuckerberg to his credits I mean to go and sit and to learn a language like that while you're managing and running Facebook you know everyone I think was really like whoa okay yeah you know you know that's the last time I'm like I'm too busy <laughs> everyone has 24 hours in a day exactly right so uh, interesting character we're going to be following continue to follow Facebook um, and disclosure I've got a few Facebook shares not not that many but um, so it's not you know um, in case people are worrying that I'm trying to push up the share price by just going rah rah rah. Well, yes, I do. I, I do have a few Facebook shares, but um, and a few Twitter shares and a few Google shares, because um, I love the industry and I'm, I like to even just a little bit feel a little bit of a part of it. Mm. You know, nothing, no significant holdings that's going to change my life or anyone's life. So that's Facebook. But another another topic that we like to touch upon lately, Chelsea, is wearables. Yes. I've got a Jawbone, and we've bought the team Jawbones. Um, I've lately got a, a heart, heart rate monitor for running. I am loving getting insights into my exercise activity. It makes it fun. It makes it interesting. I can track my progress. It's, um, you know, as a data sort of guy, I can just sort of slice and dice it. I love wearables. I think they're about to change the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the um, biggest struggles with exercise is feeling is that you're not making any progress, and that's why a lot of people give up, um, particularly with cardio and, and weights. Um, 
it's it's tough and there's often points um, in time where you plateau and you feel like all your hard work is, is not getting anywhere. So the ability to track the data and to reflect upon your progress is really incentivizes you to, to exercise. So yeah, we, so we all use a jawbone and one thing we like about the jawbone is that it's, it's like a private social network and we can see each other's activity, um, which is fantastic. Um, and I think this is still just the early days and interesting today, Andre, one of uh, our developers just flagged us to this new wearable that Microsoft, uh, because I've been talking a lot about how, you know, it's all these things we can do with wearables and data and integration. And he said, well, Microsoft must be uh, monitoring your uh, Yammer feed because today they've just released a new fitness band. <laughs> <laughs> we just think the whole universe is revolved around us, don't we? It's all well, about us. They must have been what, reading our Yammer feed. <laughs> because out of all the things this multi-gazillion dollar company wants to do is this little startup <laughs> in Sydney, Australia, sitting in an office, you know. Uh, well, uh, you know, look, we, we're cut above the rest. We've got some good ideas here. Um, so Microsoft new fitness band aims to create the robotic coach that Google is already secretly building. So the interesting thing is these companies, well, particularly let's look at the Google case, for instance, mm. they're sitting on a lot of data and a lot of metrics, traffic metrics, calendar metrics. You know, they, they know um, they've got a whole lot of data that they can retrofit into fitness and sleep. So, for instance, they can see, you know, across the board if um, with this massive amount of aggregate data, they can see if people that schedule meetings after 6 p.m. sleep worse or sleep less and then they can feed that back into you and advise to you so this new fitness band is Microsoft's take on it to try and help guide you so Microsoft released um, a new fitness band today with an ambitious goal of creating a super smart wellness coach on top of the normal sensors for, for the steps and sleep Microsoft's health platform will crunch the data and activity to see how behaviors throughout the day impact a user's health so uh, potentially this approach to health has the power to radically influence our behavior for the better. We make thousands of tiny decisions every day that could be making a big difference to our mental state, work performance, and physical health. Microsoft's challenge is to get as many users sharing their data as possible. Otherwise, it will only be able to take behaviors that have a significant impact on, on um, behavioral outcomes. Um, so I haven't had a chance. This is sort of hot off the press, or as the trend goes on Twitter, breaking story. <laughs> Microsoft's new fitness band. I'll check it out. Um, but boy, are we uh, are we about to hit the the the, the sort of wearable um, sort of trend very hard? And I think Apple's watch is coming at the beginning of the year. And uh, Fitbit released recently released uh, a heart rate monitor last week. A watch, a watch with a heart rate monitor. A Fitbit ha now have a heart rate monitor. I have heard, and I stand to be corrected. I haven't done all that much research into it, but I have heard that the wrist-based heart made uh, heart rate monitors are not oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the um, chest ones are actually um, ECG quality. Which is why our Fitbit will will make a our watch. Our, fit, our Fitbit. It's a bra with a heart rate monitor in it. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> uh, look, I think. This is I'm going to nail the industry. You guys watch out that it's coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. So, um, and now, now you've totally derailed my, <laughs> my Given thinking. Boobs, boobs, boobs. Uh, Chelsea, this is a, a G-rated. People are listening to this. I bet everyone listening is having a chuckle right now. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. If you are having a chuckle, tweet us, email us, and... Um, and go back to the, the site, itsamonkey.com, listen to all our, our previous shows. Um, so what I was going to say, there's been another announcement by Tim Cook about the Apple Watch saying that um, it's probably not going to last more than a day's worth of charge, which some people are quite disappointed about. Oh, um, Apple are notoriously... Um, power hungry. Oh, absolutely. Actually, there's a new Nexus that's been released that has... Um, said that they've got you can get two days worth two full days of of active use out of this phone i don't think i think people underestimate um the the no pun intended the power of energy i mean even with our underestimate the power of energy yeah <laughs> even with our, our our um what are they jaw jaw bones um i've only had to charge it once in eight days and that just makes it's just a, a burden off you know, my, my, my shoulders is I'm not thinking, okay, I'm going to have to somehow plug this in again at some particular point in time. And 
I'm going to have to think about is my is my jawbone running low um yeah a, a one day battery just I'm, I will I would definitely hold out and wait you know what would be cool if the Apple Watch um, had a kinetic charger, like some, some watches, they charge while you walk. I think Seiko's got one. Like so it uses your energy or a as you... a solar one. Somehow, yeah, how... That just... Solar yep, that just passively... Doesn't need a lot. I think we underestimate, or, you know, the power of this. It's the screens, a lot of the, the screens and the processors. The screens and the processors mm. chomp up a massive... Yeah. I mean, I always give people the tip that... Um, to save battery on your mobile or a cell phone, as they'd say in the US, um, put it into into flight mode. Or turn off location services. I learned this week. Well, flight mode, flight mode will, will switch everything, everything off, and that yeah. will just really prolong your battery. So if you need to just squeak out a call at some point in an hour and you're already flat, um, obviously switching it off. But sometimes booting it up can, can take power. So mm. you know, putting it in flight mode and then just popping it popping it back on yeah um, that anxiety of being um in a situation where you really need your phone and it's about to f- to go flat it's just it's horrible yeah so it's um energy is very um it's it's it hasn't kept up pace with um the developments and our, our needs but um yeah it looks i i'm still going to i'm really want to look at the apple iWatch and uh, look wearables are here my one friend just she she's rolls her eyes she's like she's you know you don't stop talking about wearables <laughs> you know when i went running this morning i felt like the bio i had my jawbone i had my phone strapped to my shoulder i had my heart rate monitor i had my earphones i felt like I, you know i was all plugged all into connected. the all plugged into the network um but the diet is really, I do encourage you if you're struggling to exercise or you've been a runner in the past, it's just really fantastic to, to, to track all of this and you can follow people and, and um, it's, it's really reinvigorated exercise for mm-hmm. me. I almost just want to do exercise that you can track now. So I get excited by these new technologies. Um, anyway, that's some of the news uh, for the episode 49 of the It's a Monkey podcast. You're listening to Kevin Garber, the, the um CEO and co-founder of Managed Flutter. Sorry, it's been a long week. It's Friday. I almost forgetting my own title. Sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> and Chelsea Plowright, who's um, Managed Flutter slash Melon Media. Slash co-host. So she's a slashy, <laughs> as they say, in, in New York. Actually, you know, one thing we forgot to mention is that we had the award ceremony last week for ah, the yes. New South Wales Premier's Export Awards. New South Wales is uh, um, sort of the most ec- economically active state in Australia where Sydney is based and uh, we were managed flitter was ac- um, recognized as one of the top five um, exporters in the state and uh, we went some of us went to the award ceremony and we were given a special award of, of highly commended um, we have customers from 122 countries nearly 3 million users most of our exports most of our revenue is is from out of Australia which is great for Australia because we bring money in to Australia so um, kudos to the team, James uh, leading up the tech side of things and you know everyone else and, and importantly our users, we've had so much support from our users. If you are listening to us at the moment and you are a managed flutter user and you have told anyone about us, thank you so much. You know, you, know, it's, uh, uh, you folk have really helped drive the product and um, a lot of you have shared the love and, and we really appreciate the, the support. We are a small bootstrapped company we love what we do we love making your life easier we just love those emails that we get as you know wow he's so excited to find you and and you're helping me save time and i don't have to spend my weekends doing this and um so you know it's it's been a terrific journey we started in 2010 as a little side project for an intern 2011 we launched um, paid plans and now we're in 2014 with nearly 2.7 million users. Chelsea, we should plan a big party for 3 million users somewhere. More costumes? Oh, uh, yeah. Have a look at YouTube. If uh, We celebrated with a uh, video for 2 million users. And uh, we had a lot of fun filming that video. That was, that was a lot of fun. And Chelsea stars. If you want to hear, if you want to put a face to the name... Um, oh, Chelsea was Chelsea was the star. So Great. just go to the Manage Flutter YouTube channel, or just YouTube uh, Manage Flutter Two Million Users, and you'll you'll see Chelsea in her acting um, James Bond glory. You'll see the opening scene. It's still my favourite scene. It's it's it was good. Thanks, Kev. <laughs>
<laughs> so we're going to take a short break. So um, and we're going to be back uh, with Chelsea. who spoke to Lauren Silver from Glamazon, the Glamazon app, and um, stay tuned. And we'll be back after this little break. The It's a Monkey podcast is brought to you by CheckDog. Use CheckDog to easily review and monitor your website for spelling errors, broken links, and broken images, all with the push of one button. CheckDog can also automatically monitor your website and notify you of newly introduced spelling errors. Go to CheckDog.com forward slash podcast to receive 50% off your first month subscription. CheckDog.com. Helping the world's leading websites keep their content error-free. You're back on the It's a Monkey podcast, which is episode 49. Uh, this is Chelsea Plowett speaking, and today I have with me a very bright, intelligent young woman called Lauren Silvers. Now, Lauren Silvers set up a application which allows you to book beauty appointments with ease within, I believe, a couple of hours um, from an iPhone. So for all our female listeners out there, I believe you'll be very excited to, to hear about this. Um, it is based in Sydney, and I would love to see something like this um, being distributed around the world. So Lauren, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Lauren, tell me a little little bit about your story. Oh, my story. So I started Glamazon um, about a year and a half ago or just over. I was working in PR and, and the nature of that industry is we had a lot of events and had to look glossy and, and polished at all times. And so you have this um, really frustrating situation where you're in meetings or you're really busy running around and you have no time to actually get on the phone, call up a salon and, and book in an appointment. And I was just finding it increasingly difficult to access the salons that I wanted to access. And sometimes if I was in an unfamiliar suburb um, for a meeting, I wouldn't necessarily know good places to go around um, around that area. So I would find myself Googling good place, like good spray tan in Surrey Hills, for instance. And I thought there just has to be an easier way to connect with salons. So that's where the idea came from. But it, it really took me about eight months of research and, and um, really kind of ingraining myself into the industry I, I would go into salons and spend days there just watching how they operated tallying how many phone calls they took and and how many jobs the salon manager would have at the one time they'd be processing payments and answering the phone and you know telling customers to to wait in the chair and it was just such a um I guess a chaotic um situation Process, yeah. yeah to watch and um so that's how, how it all started and then I um I did a, be a beta testing in about February where I just just through a Facebook group 200 girls and I I made a really cheap little um website where I input the data of um, salons availability every day I would call the salons and find out what was available and just put it into this system email it out to these girls on a Facebook group and they could actually book through this little website that I'd created and um, it's so funny because it, it looked like it was this high-tech um, system that was working but really I would get an alert when someone pressed <laughs> so the booking and manual. I would manually call the salon <laughs> and book them in so um, it was really about collecting data improving assumptions that girls would like to book their appointments online and that's how I started so wow congratulations yeah, thank it would have you. taken a lot of guts to sort of go from a full-time job into you know setting up your own startup and I think the beta testing phase is um, like an affirmation to think okay this is actually going to work yeah definitely. I mean what was the next steps from the beta phase so the next steps um we oh god we booked almost 48 i think it was 48 appointments in two weeks um we processed over two thousand dollars across 10 salons during our beta and i was like oh my gosh this is something that could be really big so yeah. i rushed straight into development um i had been communicating with a few um tech um, devs guys and then a designer i'd had a business advisor and a mentor the whole way guiding me through and all the while i was um also going to start up meetups and seminars and stuff just to find out a little bit more about the actual industry i didn't even know what a startup was when i was starting it up so i had a little bit of learning to do 
And then um, once I'd engaged the team and we were all confident and, and on the same page and working towards a common goal, we started the build in April and then by June it was on the App Store, which was fantastic. And we started with 40 premium salons in Sydney and Melbourne. And now we have over 100. And um, yeah, it's it's going really well. I'm very excited about it. That's, that's incredible. I mean, I downloaded the app um, before Lauren came in to have a play around. And I can totally relate with having absolutely no time to think and research. And I, I, from a female perspective, I'm sure all our female listeners will, will be able to relate to this. Sorry, guys. But, you know, it's... It's your identity that you're putting um, on the line here. For instance, if you go into a, a salon for your hair and it's a bad salon and it's a bad experience, then you know it, you end up your identity changes. So you want to be able to um, book something that you know someone that you you trust and um, and it takes a lot of time to research that. So that Absolutely. brings me to my next point. I mean, did you did you go and meet all these these salon owners? Did you have you know trial their services to ensure that you were offering you know quality salons? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I did. So I um I set myself goals of meeting ten a day. I would set certain areas like Double Bay or Bondi and just visit everyone. Set up meetings prior to, of course, and just go in, meet them, um, see how they operated. Spent a little bit of time and they had a few services um, and then they kind of had to meet a certain criteria of mine and that way I was really creating this trusted luxury community of salons like a one-stop shop of premium salons which hasn't ever been done before um, the only way previous to um, to Glamazon um, to actually identify between a premium salon and a, a regular salon was just based on reviews by say Yelp or um, I guess you see Harper's Bazaar and, and Murray Claire doing their, you know, 10 of the best salons hit list. And there's got to be some credibility in that. But you really want to be able to know that the place that you're going to has a guaranteed stamp of approval. And that's what I set out to do. And, um, and yeah, I think that it really maintains a high level of integrity within the business. Fantastic. I mean, I... Um I have an, another question with regards to the salons because I think that you've probably been in the situation before where you have booked in and um, let's say I log on to Glamazon and I, I book a two o'clock uh, haircut. Mm-hmm. What is the um, likelihood that that appointment's going to be running on time? Yeah, well, it's it works. Glamazon works in the same way as if you would um, book in, in any kind of um, other medium so um, I, over the phone or through online widgets you're always going to have those those things that you can't really avoid you can't you can't avoid the operational stuff from a, a merchant's perspective and Glamazon basically taps into their salon diary so their run, premium salons generally do run very close uh, closely on time and we haven't had any complaints whatsoever so um, that's a good thing but it, it really is, Glamazon's displacing earlier booking mechanisms like a phone or online widgets. Um, and so really you're, you're getting the exact same um, connection experience once you walk through the door. Yeah, I see. And um, how many people are using Glamazon? You know, are you able to give us any figures or you, yeah. you'd like to withhold from that? I mean... Um, uh, I can give you rough numbers, a few thousand, which is really exciting. Keeping in mind, we only launched four months ago, wow. so um, that for us is is really cool. And my favourite statistic is of all is the repeat usage mm. because these girls are using it once and then they're going, "Oh my god, that was so easy!" And I I paid on the app and I just walked in and walked out, and they're using it again and again and again. There are a couple of girls who've used it over 15 times. It's like their new way to book. They've spent a, a particular customer has spent over nine hundred dollars on the app. And um, our repeat usage is almost at 50%. So we know that 50% of our users will retransact. So now our focus is on getting every single download to use at once because mm. we know the likelihood is that they're going to use it again. Yeah, and exciting. how do you go about um, with user retention? I mean, once someone has downloaded the app, do you send out um, any messages or notifications? Um, <laughs> I mean, and do you also have, uh, with regards to the salons, like how, is it a different user interface from their point of view as well? Yeah, so they have a web, um, they log in through a web 
website basically a web browser um, that gives them access to a diary a scheduling system that we created um, which is really exciting for them because they can control their system the way that they would control their their business it, it gives them the opportunity to just expose their vacant appointments so these are appointments that would otherwise go to waste so over 50 percent of our salons are um, reducing the cost of their treatments because they'd rather make a buck or two than then you know um, go without any so that's really cool and then it's a consumer app for um, for customers so they just download the app from the app store it's currently only an iOS app but it will be available on Android by the end of summer, which is exciting. That's great. Um, yeah, we get little emails and, and <laughs> notifications on our Instagram saying, when is it going to be available on Android? So oh, that's, that's nice. kind of cool that we have a bit of demand there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spoke to... Um, I seem to be like the woman activist on this podcast because my previous inter- interview was with Zova and that was uh, a female-only fitness um, application. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, Glamazon targets females. Um, mm-hmm. It's a female audience. I mean, can you foresee yourself branching into um, a different industry? For instance, um, personal training, being able to access personal trainers. By f- I, I always find that in previous experiences with, with trainers, it's really hard to get to liaise and try book a time where them they're available and I'm available um, absolutely and I mean girls, working working nine till five it's it's really hard I can't make a two o'clock appointment unfortunately I feel your pain <laughs> I know what you mean and um, the thing is that personal trainers basically operate their businesses via just texting and phone calls they have no operational um, system that allows them to manage clients so our next um, step is to launch glam fit which will oh, okay. yeah oh, that was a good guess yeah. Chelsea <laughs> So last minute personal training sessions, yoga, Pilates, even nutrition and dietitian consultations, Um, because those are the types of things that I find women would probably want to know where to go and how to access um, those kinds of services. But they would probably just Google it and Mm. just say, you know, nutritionist in Sydney and and go through the list and hope for the best. So it's really a beauty. It will be a beauty, health, wellness, lifestyle um, app by the end of it fantastic cool. yeah that's brilliant that's that is really great um i mean what's been your your biggest challenge uh being so obviously such a, a young um female in in a quite a competitive market um you know what has been a very big challenge with developing an app and um, releasing it in an australian market yeah i i think that the biggest challenge for me was more getting my head around the fact that wow now i'm an entrepreneur i you know, built a startup, I manage a team now and I, I'm a leader and this is my vision, this is how I want to execute it and, and really going through the whole process, going from um, PR to this. But it's one of those things that where, when the passion is there and you wake up every day so excited to just mm. execute your dream, it doesn't feel like work. And that's, I know it sounds cliche, but it is so genuine. Um, so the biggest challenge for me was overcoming the new career move. Um, and then post that with, with the app, I guess it's getting your head around technology. You know, I came from a marketing and PR background. So tech was a very unknown, obscure world to me talking in coding and all of that kind of stuff was gibberish when I first started out. So the learning process, um, I guess you could say that that was a pretty big challenge. But um, it's I don't want to say that it's been completely smooth sailing, but it, it has been a really positive journey because I do believe this idea or this concept is something that girls are so receptive to. So the challenge hasn't been so much in the uptake. It's just been getting it all together and releasing it. Mm-hmm. And now we're just, I, I'm a firm believer in strength before speed. So we're strengthening up the, mm-hmm. the model in a local market. And really, we, we want to nail this whole local land grab thing, which is really topical at the moment, um, and then be able to scale to other other cities. Mm-hmm. And um, you you must have had a lot of support from the technical point of point of things. Um, do you have a technical co-founder, or do you have a support team? Yeah, I do have a support team. I don't have a technical co-founder, but I have a, a dedicated um, tech team that comprised of three guys so a lead and um, a back end and um, just tech support and then I have a whole bunch of advisors and mentors which is fantastic from companies like Uber and PZ um, and then private high net worth investors who've invested in in hardcore like 
um, t- technology. Mm. And then um, my business director actually has created an app previously to this called Tonight. And um, now he's working on a project called Zetings. He's the um, co-founder and CEO of Zetings. So um, just everyone has their own startup journey and they're mm. involved in the space mm. so much. So I, I have a team of about 13 that work around me um, and um, I manage on a day-to-day basis or I project manage about eight or nine people, including interns, which, wow, yeah, it's so exciting. Full <laughs> yeah, full play, but it's like it gets more and more exciting every day. I mean, I asked about to reaching out to other markets. You said that you wanted to um, localise and ensure it's really solid in Sydney. Um, I can see that you're also available in Melbourne. Yeah. And obviously you're thinking of stretching out to possibly WA or, you know, um, other areas in Australia. Yeah, well, the beauty of... um the app of having an app is you can read analytics and we can see where the demand is in other cities. Um, So Victoria has a really high demand, um, second to Sydney um, for Glamazon. So that is our next target. And and we already do have eight salons in Melbourne, which is really exciting. Next move beyond that is probably Queensland. But I really do believe in, um, in strengthening the model so much that it becomes almost like a habitual app Mm. locally because Mm. then you can really extend that in a much more solid way it's very um when you're dealing with merchants a double-sided marketplace actually you're dealing with merchants and consumers you have to really balance keep everything balanced you can't let the supply go down and have too much demand and the same time you can't have too much supply and not enough Mm. demand so it's Mm. a constant balancing act and um and we're going to work on that city by city okay and have you um i mean i haven't hadn't heard of glamazon to be honest until our ceo kevin and um, the co-host of this podcast um mentioned it to me have you got any plans to facebook advertise or um what what are the means of marketing Glamazon? Yeah. So my background is PR, obviously. So um, I was very fortunate in that I knew how to um, pitch and, and write a press release and I did all of the PR originally. So I did a lot of pre-promotion. We've um, been very fortunate to have been featured in like Clio magazine and the Wentworth Courier and ASOS.com, yeah, Urban List yeah. and the Vault Online, all these fantastic um, traditional um, forms of PR Um, and then beyond that other marketing strategies have been Facebook ads a lot of social media um, and we actually have a few celebrities who are onto the Glamazon um, train which is exciting so leveraging off their brand by asking them to to repost when they book an appointment through Glamazon is really exciting and are you using Instagram as well yeah absolutely you can follow us at at Glamazon (laughs) underscore app fantastic so yeah I have a um, I have a question about um, so uh, there is a location base. So basically, to give you guys a bit of background, you log into to Glamazon and you um, enter your details. You take a little screenshot of yourself. My profile picture is absolutely terrible because <laughs> I spent about two minutes getting my hair done. So I need to use Glamazon and book in a, a blow dry. Um, how are you? How does, does Glamazon determine your location? Yep. So we it's geolocational tool, so it knows your exact location. So basically, you just search by the treatment that you want. It knows exactly where you are and it will tell you the closest um, premium services that are available to you and you can book them instantly um, book and pay for them you can even book them 15 minutes prior wow so, yeah it's very instant and so obviously the um, salon owners or the receptionist um, at the computers they receive a notification to yeah. say you've got a booking in 15 minutes yeah so they receive a notification on their computer and via their phones so there's a couple of different ways that we communicate with them and they accept and reject the bookings just like how they would if they got an online booking I see and I can see that you have some quite established salons with you I mean are you looking sort of like uber how they first started out they had um I believe uber black and uber but then they went down the uber x market I mean would you be interested in um, targeting uh, sole business traders so absolutely I believe that this concept really is about giving every single woman access to beauty when they need it and where wherever they are anytime anywhere so um, that's definitely the way that we want to go and we just decided to penetrate the market from a premium level Mm. um, just for branding purposes 
and also um, for to create that luxury community of trusted service providers, as I was saying before. So that was, um, yeah, the initial initial role of the business and absolutely it is basically an uber model post that fantastic it's um it's really funny previously to this to starting the interview we're chatting with um with kevin and he said i i don't understand it's um some women sort of prioritize beauty in the same level as you know mind body health soul beauty and he just and then i'm sure there's a lot of uh, male listeners out there that just really don't understand how important beauty can be to some to some women um i would love to be able to spend more time doing my nails and and my hair but it's really just as as you've said it's it's time-based thing i just i can't find people which are open during my hours um have you thought about maybe thinking about some some uh, targeting males like maybe males want haircuts or um I know. You're like a mind reader. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Glamazon, yes, is a female product, yeah. but Manazon is um, the next level for guys because it is a growing market and yeah. more and more guys are booking facials, massages, manicures, waxing, laser. Yeah. And I guess Glamazon takes the sort of embarrassing yeah, interaction discreet, out right? of it. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, I, I think that you're, you're absolutely right. I think from Jersey Shore, I think it was where all the guys really got their, they got their tans and, and their brows waxed and then they went for a workout and it's yeah. really penetrated into the Australian market. Absolutely. Oh, that's exciting. So you've obviously done some a lot of research and um, you've got quite a bit of data to see that these yeah. are industries that you can... Um, sort of penetrate yeah absolutely great that's that's really interesting lauren i'm i'm really excited for you i um, am absolutely going to use amazon because i feel like i am a pure case of someone that needs to start looking after themselves no you don't (laughs) i'm thinking you're looking absolute she's looking absolutely stunning she's got these beautiful (laughs) immaculate white nails (laughs) i I did book it on glamazon I'm thinking, okay, it's time, Charles. You need to go get a wax <laughs> and get your nails done. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much I for look having forward, me. I look forward to seeing um, Manners on. And you said it was a... a glam fit. Glam fit. Um, yes. And obviously to the rest of Australia, to the Australian listeners, um, watch out. Um, thanks, Lauren. Thank you. The It's a Monkey podcast is brought to you by Manage Flitter. With Manage Flitter, you can easily find out who isn't following you back. Find new people to follow, track keywords on Twitter, and schedule tweets for the most appropriate times. Tweet code MONKEY2 at ManageFlitter to receive a one-month free budgie account. Lauren's part of the, the new wave of um, entrepreneurs. I'm hazard to say female tech entrepreneurs because I'd like to, Chelsea, aim to a world where we don't have to talk about this divide mm. between female male we don't talk about the divide between short people and tall people or long hair you know but it's obviously there is a skew in our industry i mean i think even at google and some of these companies there's there's 80 percent male etc but let's not go down that whole 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 uh, rabbit hole of gender i chose i chose not to bring it up i I did mention that she was young and i think that's very admirable um because obviously she doesn't have a huge amount of experience and she even said herself she didn't even know what she was getting into she had people say, usually the best time to start something jump ship and because when you don't know how hard it is because if you knew how hard it is and all the stress yeah she said the highs are so high but the lows are so low but she said definitely the highs outweigh the lows yeah no it's um it's an interesting app it's very very niche app i mean i i think you know women spend a huge amount on health and beauty and and this whole secret world to most men is just like, well, we don't know what you guys do. Honestly, we just—it's—it's it's, all—it's all a mystery. We just know that you guys have lotions and potions and and devices <laughs> and just I have, like, I have devices. Do you know what's really interesting is um, there are mascaras out there which vibrate and it's just bizarre. Like they've put an electronic mascara and someone's made a huge amount of money off these vibrating mascaras. Yeah, and look, my it's poor partner probably just 
I, I, I bet when I'm not home, he probably just goes through all my lotions and potions and just has a play because it must be so mysterious. It is mysterious. No, for me, it's intimidating. I'm like, you know, and, and hair crimpers and curlers and... And it's 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 fascinating, but the, I mean, there's a lot of money in it, you know. Oh, so it's an a multi-billion-dollar like, industry. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I went, and I think I spoke on one, one of the previous podcasts. I went and I bought um, for my sister um, a birthday gift, and I bought her a Chanel perfume, and um, I was just blown away at the prices. I in, was just. I mean, yeah. I thought Chanel was a high-end brand, but I I, I really was ignorant and how expensive that stuff is it's mm. really the same thing happened to me a few years ago i bought a lipstick from i think it was chanel too and um i, I was just godsmacking but actually that reminds me when we we're at tech crunch earlier this year there was a young um female that had developed printable makeup do you remember mm, that i do remember 3d lady? printable she, i think she's done very well i've oh, actually so you print your unique color or... Yeah, so uh, you pick it on your screen. So if you like a shade on the screen, you select um, the screen with a color, like a, a color drop, I think it's called. Um, and then you have the ability to print that through your computer, that particular color. I think in the, in, you know, in the, in, in the future, maybe in 10 years, boy, we'll be, you know, it's sort of e-commerce one step further. Instead of ordering and shipping, we, you'll just be able to print... Absolutely. You know, you, you, you want a Cat5 cable, just print it out. You know, it's, it's um, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, Lauren's picked an interesting niche where there's a lot of money and mm. people are busy. They want, they want to be efficient. She's selling convenience at the end of the day. And she's selling their inventory, which mm. obviously they want to sell. So it's a two-sided marketplace where they've mm. got inventory and people have a need. Um, so it, it is an interesting, it is an interesting niche. And as you said, she's young and, um, you know, which is often the best best time more than ever to start these businesses when when you're young. All's not lost though, and there are it's, it's there are entrepreneurs that have started older as well. But a lot of people give up and they go, oh, you know, can't do it now. It's always mm. a good time. It was a good time to be an entrepreneur. But um, she's got the she's got the the strength of spirit, I mm. sense that you need. I mean, the, the the you know the research shows for the entrepreneurial journey the. What you need more than anything is tenacity. Mm. It really doesn't matter your background, your education. Some are educated, some aren't. Um, but the tenacity, you have to have that. That that is a given. You know, yeah. it is. It's a it's a tough journey. It's a fun journey. It's a tough journey. Um, and uh, but she seems to be having a lot of fun. And I think they they're still in the early days. And um, I think um, I mean, what do you think as as potentially her target market? What do you think? What do you think of her her app? I mean, I think it's I think it's definitely hit the nail on her head for a need in in the in the industry. Um, there's a definite problem out there with the ability to find appointments that fit within your schedule. I like her idea about Manazon, which is um, essentially Glamazon but targeted at men. So, um, which is quite interesting because that solves a different problem where men are embarrassed to to book beauty appointments because of um, the stigma around men and um, you know there's a lot of men getting waxing and um, I don't know even spray tans um, just for their own personal um, needs and wants and she's also looking at uh, building upon a fitness app which I think is fantastic speaking of wearables and fitness um, where you can easily book in personal trainers, dietitians, um, health coaches um, within you know, uh, with, through your pocket, um, essentially, it's 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 really a, it's it's um, daunting to try and find these people online because it's just like a you don't know where to start overload and local look, lo- and of course in Australia Yelp isn't that popular. No, it doesn't it's have a very critical popular in the states. Yeah, so in the states you can use Yelp and you can hone in, um, but in Australia it's it's these listing services you know haven't matured to the. For whatever reason, I mean, Sydney's a big city, four million people or so. Melbourne, four million people. You would think that the reviews would have, you know, got some critical mass, but they haven't really. No. I think um, there's also a reluctancy to. There's been a bit of bad press as well with ratings, where if you make a, but <laughs> you remember, um, your brother once made a terrible rating on a cafe, bless him, 
and he's probably hopefully he's not missing uh, listening right now but i don't think he listens to our podcast right, sadly but we'll send him it this backfired one big time it backfired it? really bad i don't know i don't know that you'll have to tell me that story offline <laughs> so um but you know I, I like yelp but it only works if as you say the critical masses use yeah, it yeah no you need a, a critical mass but um well good luck to lauren um is part of, as uh, you know part of the the bold new new wave of um I spend a lot of time you know I spend a lot of time talking about gender issues mm. with a lot of my friends mm. uh, mainly my my younger female friends um and it's it's very interesting it's uh, there's been you know I'm I because I've got a lot of older friends and a lot of younger friends I I, I notice the very stark difference you know between the different generations and um, the shift has been incredible yeah. you know in uh, my parents generation generation um women almost didn't have the the permission to self-actualize mm. you know which is quite sad and wrong mm. and um boy has that changed you Absolutely. know and i think that's fantastic so I, I i do you know universities are filling up with women i do i do find it an interesting an interesting area and i i debate frequently I love debating. I love debating this issue, and um, you know, CEOs, male CEOs, tend to get paid more, statistically speaking. And I, I always tease. I always tease my female friends. I go, you know, how come none of you are picketing for more female plumbers? You know, and they always go, well, well, you know, we don't want to do that. You know. Yeah. Um, and I understand, and I'm just, and I just tease them. It's a, it's obviously also a very delicate issue, and I think in the West, in the West, though, is also very different. You know, in in, in developing countries, they are very big structural issues still and safety issues mm. and violence issues which and are cultural and religion there's a, there's a whole scope of exactly complex um reasons as and to very why. and very deep problems there mm. you know but in the west we can indulge and sort of still have a laugh about it all because i think we've all got a lot of opportunity in the west mm. give or take a few differences i would like to to see um when when my kids are if my kids are ever on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Um, that this isn't even a topic. I mean, it's going to be phenomenal to them that this was a topic, and I'm well, hoping it is phenomenal to them. Well, I can tell you that New York is often, in my mind, at the forefront of a lot. Not everything, but a lot of things. And um, this year and last year, I've spent quite a bit of time in New York, and the, the, the female t- um, tech entrepreneurs in New York are astounding. Mm. They're standing and they're not in the in the traditional sort of, um, you know, fashion tech only, you know, fashion tech. It's obviously women are going to be drawn to that. But, you know, Bitcoin companies and 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 private equity and venture capital. And it's and it's in New York, you sense a much stronger sense of equality. Now, you know, they they are progressive city. They move faster. They are a bit ahead. And but that is that that is a bit of a sign of things to come which is great i think it's it's good for everyone including men that there's equality and gender equality. i mean even in our business we're about i mean the dev side we def we don't have any female devs mm. because we just i've you had know, no applications i mean maybe maybe i've interviewed one or two but compared to the guys but on the broader company we're probably about 50 50 yeah um, and the gender's good. I mean, there's a nice feeling of balance when we have staff events or things like that. That's that, the, you know, we, we all get something out of each other. Um, so it's good. I mean, you know, these guys are often at conferences. The VC companies in the States, I've seen them, they get put on the spots. They go, you know, how many partners in your firm are female? Well, none. And, mm-hmm. um, they're, like, and they're like, but, you know, we really want them, you know. And, and um, some of these industries you know struggle to attract it it's it's like always these these social issues are are complex and i think we um they it is good to talk about them it is good to talk about these issues um but but, um i think i I think it's um i think things are shifting shifting quite good so as you say yeah and maybe when your kids are around um you know having won't be an issue to sort of you know, talk about uh, the gender in our industry. And um, we are different, and I think that's great. I think it's great for men. I think it's great for women <laughs> that we're different. We feed off each other. Wow, that was a tightrope I walked. How did I do? <laughs> 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 Am I not going to have, uh, you know, the feminists or the, the guys really? just like... Rah, rah, rah. No, I'm a fan. I've actually read a lot of, uh, a lot of quite hardcore feminist literature, um, some writers like Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin, which are, are very, even in the feminist world, very 
very robust mm. um, because I, I did it as part of a master's degree. I was really interesting and um, yeah, I learned, I learned a lot. Some of it's very radical and sometimes I think they want to be radical just to shift the level up, maybe yeah. just to, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I think, I think I've spoken enough. That's episode 49 of the podcast. Next episode in two weeks' time is going to be episode 50, which is exciting. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, thank you so much. We enjoy putting them together. Please tell a friend or two. Um, tweet us, email us. We'll give you a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. We know you're out there listening. Um, we see the numbers ticking up. And Chelsea, your stats from two podcasts ago that you did with James has, uh, has been sneaking up those stats. Nice. Yeah. So I think it was... Um, are you gaming it? Or are you hiring someone in <laughs> uh, somewhere while, you know, <laughs> on, on Odesk to just <laughs> refresh click, the page click, and click. go? No, no, no. I think it's just um, I'm just a natural, Kevin. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You keep on inviting me back, so... They must love me. Yeah, and I think it's nice to mix up the, the co-hosts. We'll get Charles, who's also a great, uh, a great mind. He's in South Africa, developer, very experienced guy. We'll get him on, on board. Maybe one day. What do you think we even bring Jimmy in? What do you think? That would be great. So Jimmy's, uh, we might have mentioned him before. He's a 75-year-old, um, you know, fascinating guy who, who worked in accounting at a bank for many years. I dragged him out of retirement about seven years to come be our internal uh, accountant and, and bookkeeper and he's just a really interesting character that sort of is the only person internally that hates technology um, and struggles with it so you know that that would be interesting why don't why don't we why don't we get jimmy in maybe even three of us maybe you know what could be as a generational thing we could talk about technology as a whole and the history of technology and and what it was like when he was my age and what it was like when you were my age and and what it may be like when i'm jimmy's age i've got an idea Next podcast you do, we'll interview him ah, as the guest. Yes. So he won't co-host it. We'll interview him. Um, don't know how we can patch a third mic in here, but maybe we can share. It would be nice of us to both interview him at the same time, but maybe mm. we can, you know, cuddle up and just swing the mics around. Um, but that, w- that would be great. I think people enjoy listening to him. And uh, I never get bored talking to to Jimmy, he's a very, very unique individual. I went to Burning Man with him a few years ago, two thousand and nine or ten, I think. Amazing. Yeah, and um, we were cruising around the playa and um, chatting about life, and um, you have a ball together. And uh, he's he's a really interesting character. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. We're going to catch you in two weeks' time. Not sure who the co-host will be. Um, probably James in two weeks' time. And uh, he's been busy with the UI. Um, new UI for Managed Flitter coming. That's exciting yeah, if you're a Managed Flitter user. Um, and James has been hard at work by that. Uh, at that. Um, so we're excited to get the new UI for Managed Flitter. And we'll, we'll, a few of you have said we'd love to hear more about your startup story um, on the podcast so we'll, we'll talk about it here and there um, we also don't want to sort of you know drive you mad with our own little journey but um, we're well over the time limit for this podcast so I'm going to stop talking thanks for listening <laughs> catch you next time thank you